Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hi there, and welcome to all my international listeners, my national and local listeners. This is the Transformation for Success show, and let me tell you, we have a show for you today. So listen in, and joining me today is my esteemed guest, Miss Vanessa DeLuca, editor-in-chief of the very popular magazine, Essence. I met Mr. Lucas some months ago in Los Angeles, and I was so delighted that she took time from her busy schedule to be on the show today. So listeners, I want you to text or email your friends to listen in to today's show, or they can download, and this is the neat thing, is they can download the show later for their listening pleasure. I'm also inviting all of you out there who are listening. You can call in the show as we're live and we can take your questions. The number to call in and join the show is 888-346-9141. Or if you're calling internationally, it's 001-480-553-5754. Don't be shy because we'd love to have your questions. You know, today we're going to discuss Vanessa's journey to become this amazing, award-winning journalist, and she has been a featured guest on several national television networks, such as the NBC Today Show, the NSNBC Morning, Joe, CNN, HLN, and HuffPost Live, and many, many more. So she is going to share her journey and the images of black women in media today, her career success, and what it means to stay woke in our current social climate. But first, I want to share a little bit of Miss Vanessa DeLuca's background. So, and I want to say, hi, Vanessa. I'm glad you're here with us today. (laughs) Hi, I'm thrilled to be with you. Well, I want to share with the listeners who might not know about Miss DeLuca and some of your accomplishments because they are really numerous. She, first of all, is the editor, as I said earlier, editor-in-chief of Essence Magazine. And in this role, she serves as the brand's editorial leader, and she oversees the magazine's web content, its site, and its mission. And Ms. DeLuca first joined Essence more than a decade ago. I don't know if she wants me to tell you that, but (laughs) (laughs) she she looks 25, and she was the beauty and fashion features editor, and she directed all the style and beauty sections. And then in 2003, she was named the lifestyle director, and there she was over, had oversight responsibility for coverage regarding food, home, Parenting and Technology. In 2005, she was named executive editor and she was implementing the brand's creative vision and its operation and a very important thing, and that's the magazine's operating budget. So prior to joining Essence, she served in a variety of editorial capacities as publications with publications such as Life and Glamour. But I think the most important thing that I want a lot of you women listeners and men as well to know that this woman received her bachelor's degree uh, cum laude in English and American literature from Harvard University and she had her master of science degree in magazine conversation from Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. So not only do we have an accomplished woman, but we have a woman that I call 
a female woman power broker. And so welcome again, Miss Vanessa DeLuca. I am so Thank excited. You. I can't wait to start asking you all these kind of questions. <laughs> because oh, ask them. away. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> well, you know, I know our, our listeners are in for such a treat, and I wanted to just sort of set the stage in terms of what an impressive background you have. And truly, again, I just want to share with the listeners, where did it all begin with you? Well, um, yeah, let's see. I mean, uh, I... Do you want me to start with, like, where I grew up? And yeah, that grow kind of up. Thing, you or? know, it's kind of fascinating. A, a girl, okay. did you grow up in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, or do you, where did you grow up? <laughs> no, actually, well, I was born in a very small town called Fort Deposit, Alabama. Um, it's about 30 miles, I will say, south of Montgomery, which is, the you know, the closest, biggest city. And uh, my parents, who were, you know, high school sweethearts, um, got married, and then my dad, you know, migrated north to look for work and mm-hmm. um, found work in New Jersey. And so I grew up in New Jersey, in East Orange, New Jersey. And I've lived all over the state, if, except for the time, of course, when I was away in college. But, um, you know, now I live with my family in Scotch Plains, and, uh, I, you know, I really love it there. Um, I'm the only child, uh, so um, that's – I've always – felt kind of like I would love to have have had some older siblings, you know, especially like an yeah. older brother, um, you know, who I could meet mm-hmm. all his friends. You know, I think all, all girls like kind of think about that sometimes. But um, but I now am the mother of two. Both my kids are in high school, mm-hmm. and so we're going through the the current uh, swirl of a freshman, you know, freshman you know, year and um, senior year, trying to get my mm-hmm. son ready for. Uh, for high school, so it's it's a busy time, but it's great. Well, it sounds great. One of the things that I'm always intrigued about, I mean, you know, you grew up the only child and came out of Alabama. Did you ever hear of Enterprise, Alabama? <laughs> oh, you know, I think I have. I think I have. Um, actually, you know, I mean, there are so many... There are so many small towns in Alabama, but I still have right. a lot of family, still a lot of family there, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do think of it as home, because that's where I spent every summer uh, when I was growing up with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. The reason why I mentioned, because my ex-husband was from Enterprise, Alabama, and we visited Enterprise, and it had a bow weevil in the middle of the town, a statue of a bow weevil. Wow. And, and I always remember Alabama with fondness. I took my children there when they when they were small. And it was just really quite an experience because I, you know, out of California going to Alabama. So it's just really, really, really a great city, really. And I've met a lot of people from Alabama who are some great yeah. individuals. One of the things I, I wanted to ask, you know, when you were growing up and you were raised, you're going to school in New Jersey, did you realize you were smart? <laughs> Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I think that, I don't think that I thought about it very often. I knew that I um, was good at school. I, I mean, I, I took pride in being a good student um, and in my studies, and my parents always instilled in me that education was extremely important, that it was mm-hmm. the key to um, being successful in life, and that you know we should constantly be learning. So there are many times when 
we'd be sitting around the kitchen table, and my parents always had books around and magazines, and you know, we'd talk about the things that they'd be reading about, like what the you know uh, issues of the day were, and, and expressing your opinion. And I learned a lot from that and from watching them. And I, it's something that I continue to this day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always a stack of books by my on my nightstand, and I've always got a magazine in my bag. And um, and even now, you know, I'm constantly on social media mm-hmm. looking for you know opinions and ideas, and mm-hmm. you know, just continuing to learn. I think it's really important. I think it is, and you make a, a strong case too for what I call, and you've heard many people, and I'm sure you've said this in many of your speeches, especially to high school students, there's a lot to be said about nurture and environment. Uh, you grow up around people, you know, your parents talking around the table, books and reading, and it, it's so important. And here you find yourself becoming an English major, and not only that, getting a Bachelor of Arts degree, cum laude. So that's, that, that's why I asked that question, uh, because I'm sure you had to have that planet in you and then to know that you could succeed. How did you get into becoming um, into the magazine world, the editorial world and of magazines? Was this a desire that you had? Well, you know, it's interesting because my first um, job out of out of college wasn't in it wasn't in publishing. It was mm-hmm. actually in retail. Um, I was um, like a an, um, a manager mm-hmm. in. Um, uh, a retail store, and then I learned how to become a, a, an assistant buyer. And I mm-hmm. thought in the beginning that I wanted to go the you know, the retail buying route. I just thought it was such a glamorous field, and that you get to travel and see the world, and all those things that you know you dream about when you're younger. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into it, I realized that it wasn't uh, necessarily the best fit for me because it was a lot of um, numbers crunching and statistics, mm-hmm. and it wasn't as um, glamorous as I imagined it was, you know, in my mm-hmm. in my mind. And I just found myself always still veering towards um, writing. And um, <laughs> I was taking I was taking classes at night just just for really just for fun and just for my own education and um, you know nonfiction writing and mm-hmm. and advertising writing all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, there was, I guess, still that kernel in, inside that was saying, you know, at some point mm-hmm. you may want to take that leap. So I worked mm-hmm. in retailing for seven years, and then I realized that you know this really wasn't the 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 thing for me. So mm-hmm. I changed my careers, um, at, and at that point, that's how I started getting into magazine publishing. Mm-hmm. I'd always loved magazines. And I thought that it was, you know, I was very intrigued by the process of putting a magazine together and mm-hmm. the ability to tell stories that way. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to get in this. You know, I feel like we're just sitting on the couch talking, Vanessa, because really this is my opportunity to help some of the people out there, and particularly some of the women and men. But uh, I'm so intrigued by your your journey. So I want you to just sort of clarify, what are some of the characteristics you attribute to creating your success? I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll, the well, there's a number of things. I think just that general mm-hmm. uh, curiosity about mm-hmm. the world and about mm-hmm. life um, mm-hmm. is, is essential. It's critical to what I do now, um, being able to antis- anticipate what things people might be interested in, what 
people are talking about, on the things mm-hmm. that matter to to people, and and how mm-hmm. do we tell those stories in a way that's compelling? So curiosity is, I think, my number one, the number one thing I think that is attributed to my success. But that also mm-hmm. just that tenacity and persistence, and not giving up. It, you know, at a certain point, you really do have to believe that if something is for you, it, it's for you, and have faith that. Mm-hmm. It will it will work itself out, um, but you have to be very clear in your own mind what it is that you want, and mm-hmm. I think that taking the time to get that clarity is mm-hmm. really important. Um, so many of us just kind of rush through life mm-hmm. and just go from one thing to the next, but I've always tried to take time to get very quiet and center myself so I'm not reacting mm-hmm. um, to... The whatever circumstances are in front of me, but being a little bit more um, thoughtful and mindful about what my next step should be. That's yeah, and I, th- I really well. appreciate that. One of the one of the things I, I like to comment you you made about how success comes in stages, um, and you also said. Uh, what I heard you say at one time was, "You need to course correct." <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like course yeah, because correct. you're not always going to Love get it. it. Right, like awesome. you're not always going to make the the right, perfect decision every single time. Mm-hmm. And in actually, it's kind of it's that's okay. We learn a lot from the mistakes and the failures that we have. I mean, I could have. After spending seven years in retailing, I could have just said, well, this is, I've already invested this much time. I might as well just stick with it. Um, but if I hadn't admitted to myself that this wasn't the perfect fit for me, then I never would have made the shift and I never then consequently would have ended up in this position. Um, sometimes you really do have to say it's okay to course correct. It's okay that uh, you may, you may have made a choice that wasn't the right thing for you. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't fix it and move on from there. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because how many women have you met in your, during your career and lifetime so far that have not made that decision to what I, well, I love your word, course correct. Uh, and, and they're, they're just in it and they're just existing. This just pains me. How many women or men that you've met who they, they're in that situation and they don't? How do we get them to move? <laughs> well, I, and, well, I mean, I, I think quite honestly, that's one of the things that I love about this job and this work is that it's mm-hmm. not just a job. I mean, I really do see this platform as a way for us to empower women, to, mm-hmm. especially black women, to mm-hmm. say, you know, it's okay to... It's okay to shift mm-hmm. into something else. It's okay to take a big leap. It's okay to want more um, out of your life. It's okay to take some time to self-care because we do so much for other people. All of those things are okay. And just to reinforce that message in many different ways, as we do through all the stories that we tell, I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that it does make uh, women see that they don't have to stay in, you know, they don't have to stay stagnant. They don't have to be in limbo. They don't right. have to be in the same place. Well, you know, one of the things I do know about your story, uh, which uh, I hope it's, I know will encourage many, many people out there, is that you actually were pursuing something you really wanted, and you were turned down twice. And not only that, but you had naysayers, and I can relate to that. When I got ready to get a doctorate, I had people saying, why are you getting a doctorate at your age? So, mm. you know, you, 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 if you had listened to those naysayers and stopped 
after the first two times, you wouldn't be there. So share a little bit about what that felt like of applying for something and then <laughs> you got all these folks saying why are you looking at that why are <laughs> yeah no I mean um, before um, I became editor-in-chief in 2013 but I had tried out for the position and gone through you know what they they like to call a bake-off you know just this kind of competition between um, all the people who are trying to um, to achieve this role and I'd done it twice before, and the first time, um, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to get it, but I mm-hmm. thought it was important to throw my hat into the ring and let mm-hmm. people, if, if for nothing else, let people know that I did have a goal in mind. Eventually, that I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, I wanted to move up and I wanted to do take on more responsibility, and so I thought it was important for that. The second time was a lot more painful, I have to say, because I, I felt that I tried so hard and I put forth my best effort and I um, presented myself well and all those things that you do when you really want something. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't happen. And I just felt like, wow, am I, you know, am I beating my head against the wall? Is this never Mm -hmm. going to happen for me? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, just taking that and, you know, like licking my wounds and running away, I I felt like, well, there's probably some reason why I didn't get it. Maybe there's a lot more that I need to learn before Mm -hmm. I'm really ready to be in this role. And let me just see what I can learn out of this. And and so that's how I kind of got myself through it, you know, using this as an, seeing it as an opportunity to to get some more grounding and and observe Mm -hmm. other people, somebody else in the role and, and, and learn from that. I think that's great. I like that word, learn, that we learn from our experiences, be they negative or positive, there is a reason for everything. And that's one of my belief systems that when it happens, you say, what do I need to learn from this and keep on trying? Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with my guest today, Vanessa, Vanessa. DeLuca. And we got a lot more questions to ask her. And so listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back. This is Dr. Barbara Young, and I'm here in the studio with my guest, Miss Vanessa DeLuca, who is editor-in-chief of Essence Magazine. This woman is an award-winning journalist. She's a co-author of a best-selling book on Tyra Banks, Beauty Inside and Out, and I want to just tell you this. She is absolutely that woman that personifies herself, beauty and inside and out. And it is my delight and honor to have this award-winning woman on the show today, Miss Vanessa DeLuca. And so when we went on break, we were talking about learning from challenges that sometimes don't always work out. And then what do we do? We learn from them. So I want to thank you, Vanessa, for sharing that going for something two times and so when you went for the third time it worked out but I want to sort of address this too how can we be smart when we're taking a risk or reinventing our career because one of the things that I heard you also say in our former talk was it's never too late to pursue a dream so here you are, listeners, if you're just tuning in now, she spent seven years in retail. Now, I didn't know that, and I think that, and then decided this is not for me and began to pursue another dream. So, Vanessa, tell me what that was like when you decided this is it, and first of all, and you go through this experience of trying for this job, not once, but twice, and you learn from that experience. So, I just want to segue back to what did you learn from that experience that you can share with the listeners? Well, I think the most important thing I learned is to trust myself or trust my my own instincts because even though there were plenty of people around me saying that, you know, maybe this isn't for you, maybe it's not going to happen, maybe you should move on to something else, and I, but I just always, in my gut, um, and I just felt that this was something that was the, that was right for me, and it was meant for meant to happen for me. And it was very difficult um, to to shut out all of the other noise. But mm-hmm. when you you know when you spend enough time with yourself to get to know yourself really well, you know when it's something that you want to stick with or something that you know you can be honest with yourself. Maybe I should mm-hmm. move on. I never felt mm-hmm. that way. I always felt like it just wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know mm-hmm. the difference if you really yes, know you yourself. Do. You really do. So it's 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 never too late to pursue a dream. And now you were like thirty years old when you decided to quit that career. <laughs> in yes, and oh, and if you would see, oh my, I'm sure my parents oh. must have thought I was crazy. A lot of people did, <laughs> and I ended up actually. I was I had my own apartment. You know everything. Uh-huh. I ended up taking a huge pay cut. I moved back in with my parents, which I'm sure they were thrilled about. But you know, I said this is only temporary until I get myself, you know, back on my on my feet. I get through right. this, you know, this phase. But um, you know, I was very fortunate to have their support, 
um, you know, to let me to move back home. And, and it's the minute that I started the job, and I literally started as an editorial assistant at Glamour Magazine. I started all over again. I was the oldest editorial wow. assistant there. Wow. Um, but the minute I started, it, everything clicked. Like, it felt right. And I don't know how to describe that feeling, but it just felt like I found something where I belonged. <laughs> and it was exciting. And, you know, I was willing to do just about anything just to learn. And, and that's kind of what you want. You want to feel eager. You want to feel excited. You want to feel motivated. That's true. That's true. When you find your, your purpose, your passion, that's your calling. You know, and the thing that you were willing to take that risk, move back home, you know, take a big pay cut, move back home. That must, I know that was humbling. <laughs> People think you're crazy. But then taking a job as an editorial assistant at age 30, that means you had to eliminate pride and move that out of the way and say, I'm here and I'm going to learn. That is, that's admirable, Vanessa. So I can see why you are where you are today. Because it's, it's like building a scaffold or building a ladder and all of it sort of plays into something. Because I'm sure what you learned as an editor-in-chief allowed you to move to the next rung. So what happened next? <laughs> well, you know, um, once uh, as an editorial assistant, I because I had work experience, because I knew what the work world was like, I wasn't coming straight out of college. I mean, I, I had a lot of real-life experience, and I think that that helped me. Um, in fact, I ended up getting promoted twice while I was at Glamour. And, um, and then um, after about three years, I decided I wanted to get um, my master's degree in journalism because mm-hmm. I knew this now I was tr- really committed, right? But I hadn't mm-hmm. worked for my college newspaper. I hadn't done any of the things that people typically do when mm-hmm. they're going into uh, magazine publishing. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, let me just get some more experience under my belt. And um, so I did took a year and went to uh, Columbia Graduate School of Journalism and got my master's in journalism, got some really amazing experience, wow. met met tons of people who work in the industry, and actually mm-hmm. that's how I ended up getting my first job out of um, out of the out of Columbia uh, mm-hmm. as a senior writer at um, at Life magazine. Yep. Wow. I, I'm so glad to hear you share this story because, you know, this is just a lesson for people to know that you can get whatever you want, but it's going to be, you need to know what that is. And then number two, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And it looks like to me, you just made a straight line said, this is what I want to do. I'm headed towards it. So, which lets me get into a question I, I've been intrigued about is that Because you are an African-American woman in media. You've been in media now as the editor-in-chief of this very large magazine. What are the images of black women in media today and and how they have an impact on our community? Share a little bit about that with me. Oh, sure. So um, a couple of years ago, Essence actually um, uh, undertook a a research study about images of black women in media and, Mm -hmm. you know, Part of what we learned is that for the vast majority of us, we're not we're not satisfied. In fact, we feel that media does a poor to terrible job in representing mm-hmm. the fullness of who we are. Mm-hmm. And we were able to kind of group some of the 
some of the um, stereotypical images, you know, things like the angry black woman, the uneducated mm-hmm. black woman, you know, the Jezebel, those kinds of, you know, those are the typologies that we see the most of. But then mm-hmm. we also, in the study, came up with a, a, a bunch of um, images that we would like to see more of, you know, like the modern mom. You think about, like, a Michelle Obama, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, the mm-hmm. acculturated girl next door. You think about young, amazing young women like Yar Shahidi on Blackish, or you think about Solange Knowles, you know, I mean, that have real messages right. behind their music. Um, mm-hmm. These are the some of the women, the types of women that we know that, that, occupy the same space as we do, but we never get to see them in media, or very rarely. And it, it, it gave us a way of actually not only guiding us around what kinds of stories we wanted to do going forward across all of our platforms and what kinds of ways that we want to use our platforms to mm-hmm. um, encourage um, better images. So, for mm-hmm. example, one of the things that came out of the study is that we... Uh, launched a short film contest, and we invited um, young filmmakers to create images that were in a more positive, um, mm-hmm. you know, per- per- portrayed us in more positive ways, mm-hmm. and helped. And and that helped. We felt like with that, we were helping kind of feed the pipeline. Like if you don't see it, and, and what's existing already, how do we encourage um, others to create it? Mm-hmm. So that's just one mm-hmm. of the that's just one of the things that that you know that we've done in terms of trying to help improve the images. But yeah, I mean the 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 the, the when you really think about everything that you see on TV and film, even in social media and on mm-hmm. and on the web, you know, it really does it really does have an oh. impact that yes, that you you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about all those subliminal messages that go out. Um, that, you know, that portray images of black women and a lot of them, I tell you, have not been positive. So I'm, I'm glad that there, there is more of a movement of women in media and how we can work to improve the images. One of my, my, my thoughts, uh, and I'm sure you're dealing with this too, how do we reach out and engage more millennials in terms of their imagery, how they see themselves, those uh, African-American women, and what do we predict for them? Are they embracing this notion of improving the images of African-American women? What I think is, what I think is truly encouraging and exciting to see is, you know, we engage with millennials, um, you know, we engage with many different generations of, of women, but, um, in, in, in terms of the millennial space, we have a great, um, a great engagement in, um, on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And um, so we tried out different types of content on Snap. Um, the average age of the women who engages with us there is like from between 12 and 18. Mm-hmm. And as much as we, she loves, you know, celebrity and beauty and fashion, she also really loves culture and uh, learning about more about our history. And whenever okay. we do that kind of content in our Snapchat space, it does extremely well. So oh, to me, great. that just shows that, you know, don't just assume that certain generations aren't into or don't have a concern about the way that we're portrayed and the way that mm-hmm. we see ourselves. So they care mm-hmm. about all of it just as much as, you know, someone mm-hmm. in an older demographic does. It's just all in how you present the information and how you engage people. 
and that's so true. And I'm I'm glad to hear about that. I haven't gotten used to Snapchat yet, but <laughs> I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get on with Snapchat. But uh, that is that's absolutely wonderful. And I I just want to compliment you again too on Essence the magazine and how it's so far reaching and so diversified. I have my copy this month uh, of uh, Essence magazine, and I again just want to thank awesome. you for keeping this magazine alive because I know what it means in times like this with so much social media that uh, it really is staying current. You, you. uh, One of the things that you had talked about, and I wanted to expound on that too, is that what it means to stay woke in our current social climate. Can you expand on that? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, this whole conversation around wokeness is really, it's not just a, it's not just a, a fad or it's just not just kind of like the flavor of the month. It really is a conversation that our community has been having for quite some time. And mm-hmm. I think what it really means is to be um, engaged and concerned and, um, and interested in what's going on in our community in ways that can impact on us. Um, both socially, uh, economically, um, uh, you know, legal in the justice system. Um, I mean, it 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 runs the gamut. Um, and I think staying woke, which is what people, you know, the phrase that people like to use a lot, is really mm-hmm. just about um, investing in caring about what's happening in our community and making your, you know, making your dent in the world in in terms of how you respond to it. So if you see injustice, if you see inequalities, if you see things that aren't exactly leveling the playing field, that you feel free to speak up about them. And uh, there are certainly so many different ways that that can be done. Um, One of the points of our May cover story, which was about where we highlighted 100 woke women, was to show that it's not only people on the front lines of activism that are woke, but in any space that you occupy, you can, you know, push against, to rail against, you know, injustice and inequality and make a statement and, and stand for something. And I think that that's important for us to know now, especially in this current climate where it seems like so many things are going backwards. So you want to give people mm-hmm. a sense that, that if you stay woke and if you stay on top of what's going on, that you can still be impactful. I think that's great. And do you feel that many people are staying awake nowadays, many more, uh, because of all the things that we see that are taking place today in society? And wow, that people are beginning to open their eyes and have a voice? No, absolutely. And I think that's one of the, you know, for all the uh, challenges that we have with social media, I think one of the amazing things is that it does it allows you to connect with people who are like minded. It allows you to have a voice in spaces where you may not be able to have a voice anywhere else, but you can connect with people who are um, concerned about the same things that you are. And mm-hmm. also, you see the influence of social media and just how a campaign can be. Um, a, you can raise a campaign. You can start a hashtag movement. You can do all 
all these things that have incredible influence on what people mm-hmm. think and what they say and um and and how you know how they feel about something so yeah i would say people are absolutely engaged you think about this whole segment on black twitter where you can literally raise something um that you feel is unfair or unjust mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. come and you can rally whole you know whole groups of people around that cause in a way that actually has an impact that's 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 not something that you know we've seen before the power of it is quite extraordinary no. if you if you wield it in the right way I, I I I just am so, I mean, I'm just thankful to have this dialogue today. And what I want to know is how can we gather women, more women, a cross-section of women from all walks of life, to really have a discussion uh, about this? Because I, there are many platforms, there are many things that are happening, but to really talk about the issues in a way that we can engage the community, but people who may not have a view the same as yours so that because a lot of people have different views, but they don't want to speak up and say it. So my question is, how do we frame that? And is there something that you're doing or the magazine is promoting where we can have, and I'm thinking particularly of women, uh, African-American women, or even women across the globe, because we have some common issues (laughs) in terms of our voices. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think that one of the things that's great about having an, um, a multimedia, omni-channel platform that we do is that mm-hmm. we have a number of live events in addition to all the other things that we do, um, mm-hmm. our biggest being the Essence Festival that happens every 4th of July weekend in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of these conversations come to life, um, whether it's in a workshop or you know a more intimate setting um, or whether it's on the main stage in our empowerment experience during the day mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we've had um, voices of um, incredible voices of women like Representative Maxine Waters, like Ava DuVernay, like people mm-hmm. who, like a Patrice Cullors of um, Black Lives Matter, and women right. who are very outspoken in, in mm-hmm. these spaces and they're cultivating this conversation and, and um, in, you know, in real, in real time and forcing and, you know, really um, challenging us to think about things in a, in a way that, or, or talk about things in a way one-on-one or in groups that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I think helps, helps the conversation along. You know, it's one thing to kind of express yourself in a, in a um in in you know in a in a space like like mm-hmm. a social media um right. but it's another thing to be in you know in uh, at a live event where people are having these conversations and there's a back and forth and a and a, a real sharing and i think that's really exciting I think it is exciting. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back because I got more questions for you, Vanessa. <laughs> and All right. I want to <laughs> Thank you for listening, but we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. So stay tuned with my guest today, Miss Vanessa DeLuca. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. 
How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and thank you for tuning in today to the Transformation for Success show with my guest, Mr. Vanessa DeLuca, editor-in-chief of the popular magazine, Essence. So I am so happy again, Vanessa, to have you in the studio today, sharing and caring, and I am so absolutely thrilled to have you share with us some of the characteristics that you attribute to your success, and then how to be smart and you were smart with taking a risk and reinventing your career. And we've just been discussing some of the images of black women in media today and how they impact our community, and more importantly, how to stay woke in our current social climate. So I'm going to digress a moment and talk about the challenges that do you see facing this, given the current climate and environment for women in media in general. What are some of the things that we, I consider myself in media as well, need to be prepared given the current climate and what's next? Well, you know, as the as the um, media landscape shrinks, means meaning more there that there's more um, mm-hmm. um, more companies kind of um, more companies um, joining together, more you know, fewer mm-hmm. lar- fewer companies and much larger. Um, mm-hmm. It may seem that the opportunities are becoming more limited in this space, but I choose not to think of it that way. I I think Mm -hmm. that it's a real opportunity using the technology that's available to us now, um, that there's more opportunities for other, for people to kind of create their own spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, when I first started, everybody wanted to work for one of the major media publishing houses, like a Mm -hmm. or Connie Nastor Mm -hmm. time. Um, now the choices are just so much broader. I mean, I think of people like um, Morgan DeBron, who you know, um, who started Blavity, um, a website for you know young women of color, and it you know in a very short period of time, how she's been able to grow, you know, that platform, I, I see more young women kind of doing that, you know, just starting mm-hmm. it and doing it on their own. If the doors aren't open at some of the, you know, more traditional spaces, that there mm-hmm. is a way forward where you can create your own. I think that's great. Um, and I and I agree, I concur that, you know, we're seeing a lot of shrinkage of the media, but we have to keep going and banning ourselves and there are probably more opportunities. What do you we have a growing plethora of a lot of mediums and, and people in media 
And uh, I am a little concerned, but but I have to stay focused because, Vanessa, I'm thinking, and I, I'm sure you concur, that today, when we start looking at the media and the market and what people want to hear, and I know uh, my, my listeners, they want to have some hope, they want encouragement, they want to know that they can be successfully successful, healthy, wealthy, and wiser. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of the, the, the four points. And so my challenge has always been, and I throw this out to you, how do we connect this, and particularly in a more global perspective, because there are a lot of images in in our country that are not, I'm sure, not positive in terms of love and hope and encouragement. So how do we address this? Those of us who are, have that challenge and we have a voice in, a, in the media community. I mean, I, I think that the, you know, the answer is in really just em- embracing our own power to, to create. You know, we're mm-hmm. all creative uh, beings, and if you have an opportunity to create um, stories and tell stories mm-hmm. um, that are positive, that mm-hmm. kind of are, you know, change the narrative around the community and that you, you know, that you're constantly encouraging others to come into this space and do that, I think that that can go a long way because if, you know, if there's, if you have women who are opening the doors, I mean, you think about like Ava DuVernay and you think about Oh, yeah. And you think about all of these amazing young women who are not only creating, um, you know, content that they want to see, but they're also creating opportunity for others to get experience um, as well. I think we all have a responsibility to do that. I mean, here Mm -hmm. in Essence, we always have summer internships because we want more women, mm-hmm. um, black mm-hmm. women, to come into to come into this field. We want to show them what opportunities are available to them, you know, and show them that there is that that there there's a lot of um, great opportunities to tell compelling, positive, <laughs> exciting um, stories that represent us well. Um, we want to encourage that so that it doesn't, so that people aren't under the impression that there's no place for that in this world because mm-hmm. there's plenty of place for it. Well, I, I just am, again, thrilled that you have been able to expound today not only just on your life and your life journey, but some of the things that have kept you going. What are some of your favorite quotes <laughs> that, you, that you've hung on to that kept you going? <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, I mean, I um, my, this is going to sound totally weird, but um, no. I read in this comic book once. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to read comic books all the time, and there was something in there that said, a winner never quits and a quitter never wins. <laughs> and that just stuck with me. I don't know why. I mean, but it, it made sense to me that if you want to keep going, it, you have to keep going because if you mm-hmm. stop, then, you know, you'll never get across the finish line. Um, so that has stuck with me throughout the years. And then also, you know, um, there's, you know, a Bible saying that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think about that as well, especially in those periods where I'm not feeling quite up to par, when it, you know, and it might be a little difficult to keep going. I think mm-hmm. about that, and, you know, it gives me a lot of um, peace and motivation to move on. 
<laughs> well, I, I can certainly say that you have actually personified this in your journey and your walk. I'm telling you, I mean, I, I, you know, I sort of was tickled when I was thinking seven years in retail industry and she decides, I mean, that transition from retail industry to become editor in chief of a magazine just blows my mind. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, that just shows to me, like, listen, and, you know, anybody can can do it, quite honestly. I mean, if you, uh, you know, and that's why I like sharing my story with other Mm -hmm. people, especially those who are thinking about making a career change, because it is possible, and I know a lot of times it can be... you know, you can feel discouraged, but if, if I can do it, and really anybody can. I mean, certainly you can. I mean, here's, you know, I think about your story. Again, you never wrote for a school newspaper. You were never, you know, doing something in journalism. You didn't have a book. You didn't have, you know, I had authored something. And here you end up in a job in publishing. So, you know, and the other thing, though, I think, Vanessa, that needs to be pointed out to the listeners, too. You believed in yourself. There was something, and of course, if it was the scripture that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, yes, because you believed that you could do it. You believed in yourself. So I, I'm just really sort of promoting this because I know that there are listeners out there that are saying, ah, but you can do it. And this is why this show for me is so important for listeners to know that there are people in very high positions. We look at them and we think, ah, maybe they had all the breaks. Maybe they didn't have what I have. I came from this background. My mother, you know, I've known cases where children were abandoned or they were, you know, you came from a family where you had mom and dad with books and uh, they read around the table. Not everybody has that, but you do have one thing. And that, Vanessa, you pointed out, you have that power within yourself to make those choices, to make that decision and to face those challenges. So I want to know, Vanessa, what would you say to young women who want to do what you do today? And and three steps. Boom. You know, okay. Well, first I would say, when you said it so well, is you do have to believe in yourself. You really have to believe that you have something that no one else has that you can bring to the table and own that and, and hold on to it. Because it's true, we're all, you know, we're all created with that something special. We all have gifts. So just believe in what your gift is. And to, if you don't know what your gift is, to spend some time figuring it out to really, you know, try some things and work through that. Because once mm-hmm. you know that, then you're really clear, right? I think the second thing is to be sure that you have passion and curiosity for what it is that you want to pursue um, and be able to demonstrate that. You know, lots of times people say that they want something, but you don't always feel that they're passionate about it or that they're really committed. So you have to demonstrate that you're committed to something. And then finally, I would say, you know, just um, be be kind to yourself because you're not always Mm -hmm. going to get you know, what you want, when you want it, 24-7, and sometimes this world can make you feel like um, you failed in some way because you haven't accomplished that thing by the time you're, like, 22. And um, <laughs> right. and, and, and it's just unrealistic to even think that way. Um, so don't put that pressure on yourself. Just give mm-hmm. yourself permission to do something in your own time because, really, the only, you know, the only person you have to... Um, satisfy truly at the end of the day is you have to be um, you have to be able to live with yourself and if you know you're doing your best and you know you're trying your hardest 
then that should that can that can be okay, you know that that can be enough. But you have to keep telling yourself that because the world will certainly pressure you to feel otherwise. That so is so true. Three. Those are great. All of those are great. And I love you for, for sharing that because it's certainly tying into my belief system as well. You know, Vanessa, there's also uh, my, my question because I detect in you this beautiful person, um, but and you're balancing it all with being the wife, the mother, and the, you know, and, and you have a fantastic career. So how do you stay centered on your higher self? amid today's challenges and the competitiveness that's out there? Um, You know, I I think that I spend, I try to make sure that each day I have some time to step away. Mm -hmm. Um, I do take my lunch every day, Um, you know, no matter how crazy or hectic it it is, Mm -hmm. even if Mm -hmm. it's not, even if it's only for 15 minutes, I do Mm -hmm. leave, try to leave the office just for a little bit. So I can have some time to myself and get really um, clear on what's mm-hmm. going on. And then also so I can just give myself a break, you know, so mm-hmm. you don't feel mm-hmm. the stress so much. I think that that's really important um, because it, it, you can push and push and push yourself and mm-hmm. then just get lost in the frenzy, right, and the pace of it all. And what tends to happen with me is when I start to get in that space, I start to get sick. Um, I start to feel really um, stressed and stressed out and, and just not, just don't feel good. Um, and so that's my cue usually to, okay, you need to roll it back a bit. You need to take mm-hmm. some time to yourself um, and and just get, you know, like, it, well, <laughs> to use the phrase course correct, you need to course correct mm-hmm. because clearly <laughs> there's that. something that's not, that's going on that's like that's not good for you um i you know that's what works that works that's what works for me i don't know um you know everybody has their own thing some people like to go work out you know they're in the gym or they get up early um and they read their bible my mom used to do that uh every morning um you know it all depends on on what 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 works for you but do something Well, I am so excited again and just thank you so much uh, for being on the show today because I know the listeners have enjoyed your sharing your journey and will heed your words of wisdom that you've shared from the heart, Vanessa. And I just want to thank you so much. I want to get to know you better. I'm going to have to come back there and see you in New Jersey. And I want to wish you continued success in all of your future endeavors. And God bless you so much. And again, listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And be blessed. And remember, be transformed because it is possible one step at a time and one day at a time. So thank you for listening. And this is Dr. Barbara Young signing off. I'll be here next week with another empowering guests. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.